1 Peter 4, beginning in verse 8. Above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. A thought as we begin our consideration of these words of our text, and that is that this life that you and I enjoy, or that we endure, depending upon our point of view about life, It truly is short, though you and I might live the fully allotted three score and ten years or perhaps compared to the many thousands of years that men have existed on the earth and then especially compared to the eternity that lies still out in front of us, our time here on this earth really is short. And the encouragement that resounds over and over throughout these books of First and Second Peter is this. And that is, why not do all that we can do to make these years as good as they can be? To have a good life. And then to turn and help others to have the same good life as our own. Why not do that? Loving other people and being hospitable towards them is God's formula. For a good life on this earth. So why not push aside all those negative thoughts and ideas and habits. And join with Christ in enjoying these few days that we still have in front of us. In the precious words given here in verse 8. God declares to us that love, agape love, has a mysterious power and ability within it that's able to cover over a whole multitude of sins. And that's so. We know that's so. Because it takes place in our life. And having that special, mysterious power and ability abiding within us is so very important as we go about being the people that God desires us to be and in our doing of the things that God desires us to do. I'd like to take a moment and go back and refresh our thoughts on the meaning of this precious word, love. Because it has so much to do with the next words of this passage that we'll study here today. When we read the word love in these scriptures, it might actually be speaking about any of three or four different forms of love. All of them good. All of them given to us by God. But each being different, having differing intents and purposes. The word for love that's given here in verse 8, where we're told that love covers over a multitude of sins, is the word agape love. And while agape is similar in meaning to another word that's often given, that word philia or phileo, meaning brotherly kindness and affection, they're similar but they're is a very real difference. Both of those words, phileo and agape, have brotherly kindness and affection within them. But the word agape has a very important additional ingredient. The difference in the meaning of 
those two forms of love seems best understood by knowing where and how each of those words originates, their source. And then consequently, the power that resides within each of them. The phileo form of love, meaning brotherly kindness and affection, seems best understood as being that natural kind of love that wells up from within our own soul. Having elements of love that originate within our own personality and and abilities. With some it is more obvious than others. Better demonstrated than with others. But it's that form of love that seems to originate within our own given personality. But agape love originates from a whole other source. Outside of our own being. Coming directly from the Holy Spirit as a gift of the Spirit. And having His power and having His purposes guiding and directing it. An agape love seems always to manifest itself in a far deeper and more giving and more forgiving attitude of the soul. As we observe the use of the word agape within these scriptures, we find that it is very integral to God's divine love towards us. And then in a very similar sense, it enables and empowers our love back to Him, where we're told to love Him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then beyond that, as we show the philia or phileo form of love towards other people, especially towards fellow believers, God clearly desires that our love rise beyond just human emotions. You'll recall the conversation that Jesus had with Peter there on the beach after he had risen from the dead. He kept asking Peter, Peter, do you love me? Do you agape love me? Peter kept responding, Lord, I have brotherly kindness. I have phileo love for you. Jesus asked him again, Do you agape love me? He says, I have brotherly kindness towards you. And the third time, it upset Peter, and it should have. He said, Peter, do you have brotherly kindness for me? And Peter said, you know I have. The Lord wants that brotherly kindness to be elevated. He clearly desires that our love rise above those human emotions of brotherly kindness and affection, and then extend on forward and become that more divinely inspired agape love. And we know that because the scriptures tell us that. John thirteen thirty four and 35. Listen to these words. A new commandment I give to you, that you love, agape love, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. For those of us who have Christ as our Savior and Lord, we have both of these forms of love residing within us. We have the phileo form of love and we have the agape love. That's why in last week's message we asked the question, because we do have these wonderful provisions of love within us, how then should we live each of the remaining days that God has granted to us on this earth? And now here... In today's passage, God adds 
those reasons that we discussed last week with these words, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. I wanted to remind us of these different forms of love because this word in verse 9, hospitable, is actually one of those forms of love that we just mentioned. The base word that's translated as hospitable is philia or phileo, brotherly kindness and affection. But it also has added within it the emphasis of a special disposition towards enjoyment of company and interaction with other people. And that disposition of hospitality is vital in the life of a church. Any church, whether it be the members of that church that Peter was writing these words to, or it be our own church here. The instruction within these words is it is not enough that people become Christians and even that they meet together and study the Scriptures. Yes, we must do those things, yes. But there is also so much more that you and I must do. We must also be willing to engage, to truly engage personally and often with one another in a loving and kind way, helping one another in their daily struggles of life and them helping us in our daily struggles of life. And may I go a step further and say that God is clear about the matter of Christians being especially kind and loving and helpful to fellow Christians even more so than we are towards unbelievers. Now, I know that sounds odd. It doesn't really sound right at all, but it's very true. Yes, we are to evangelize and show kindness and love to unbelievers. And God has given us other passages throughout these Gospels that deal with those relations. But here in this particular set of instructions... God is taking the opportunity to tell us that within the church, we are to engage with one another in a much more active and profound way. Here we're being told to be especially kind and loving and helpful to fellow believers. And we find those instructions all throughout the New Testament. The next time that you're reading the Scriptures, the New Testament especially, notice the number of times that the expression one another or each other is used. In almost every case, the one another or the each other is referring to fellow believers within the church, within the body of Christ. Let me give you two or three of those. John thirteen thirty four again. A new command I give you, love one another. Who is the one another? Fellow believers. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. John fifteen twelve. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. John fifteen seventeen. this is my command, love each other. That instruction continues all throughout the New Testament, speaking specifically to Christians, instructing each of us about how we must act towards and treat other Christians. We are to love them deeply. We are to love each other deeply. Because love then will cover over a whole multitude of sins. And that's especially so within the instructions that are being given here in this passage. We are to be hospitable, we're told. Be hospitable to one another, to other Christians, without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. 
note there in verse 10 that God reveals to us that our ability to be hospitable will not be solely dependent upon our own personal natural talents. That hospitality is a spiritual gift. It's a spiritual gift placed within us by God Himself, by His Holy Spirit. Does everyone have the gift of hospitality? Not in its fullness. Some have much more of a pronounced gift of hospitality. But because He commands it of all of us here, each of us have at least some of the gift of hospitality. And in specific, that gift will be provided to us in those circumstances where we need it. And yes, there are many people who have a natural bent towards being hospitable. Don't you just love those folks who can just walk up and they never meet a stranger and they're shaking your hand and they're greeting you. And all that's good. That's part of the common grace that God spreads within the human souls on the earth. But the spiritual gift, the spiritual gift of hospitality that's spoken about here is very different. Very different. Much in the same way, and this is the reason I wanted us to understand the difference in the word love. Much in the same way that agape love, the divinely inspired love of God, is different from phileo love, so also the spiritual gift of hospitality is divinely inspired. And it is powerfully enabled by the power of God's Holy Spirit. You may have once been shy and withdrawn even fearful about meeting people. But when God implants the spiritual gift of hospitality within you, you're changed. You are changed. Will you still be shy? Will you still be withdrawn and even fearful about meeting people? Probably. Probably. At least to some extent. But the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit who lives within you and me is faithful. And He will give you and me, the strength to work our way through our shyness and fear. We were listening to Nancy Lee DeMoss, one of her programs a night or two ago, and she alluded to the fact that she doesn't do well with meeting people and interacting with them. Here she's spent 40 years probably ministering to people, but yet she has this problem with some form of this shyness of fear or whatever. Most of the time she could hide behind her microphone on the radio. But in the program that we were listening to, it was obvious that she was in front of a group of people. God will provide you and me what we need. In every circumstance where God needs for you and me to be hospitable, He will be faithful to fill you and me with the strength and the power to carry it forward. Folks, please understand as we read these words. These instructions are not mere suggestions. This is clearly a command. A command that has no option that will allow for a way out of it. Verse 9, be hospitable. That's a command. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. You and I are to be hospitable, loving, kind, and affectionate. And because this is a divinely inspired spiritual gift, you and I are to intentionally seek and reach for the guidance and the direction of the Holy Spirit as we go about expressing hospitality. I picture Nancy Lee DeMoss getting ready to walk out onto the stage and start to talk. 
But just before she does, she's probably back there just really praying in fear. Lord, give me the words to say. Don't let me stumble over my words. Don't let me make a mess out of your truth. And then she goes out there and stands at the podium and it comes out right. We're to seek and reach for the guidance and the direction of the Holy Spirit as we express His spiritual gift to us. The Bible commentator Matthew Henry gave these next thoughts regarding this passage. And here he speaks specifically about what I was talking about a while ago, how we are to engage with fellow believers. He tells us, While hospitality, the free and kind entertainment of strangers and travelers, is always required, the hospitality shown to fellow believers must be prepared to go farther and beyond that which we show to strangers. The nearness of our relations with fellow believers and the necessity of their condition in those times of persecution and distress oblige us to be especially hospitable to one another. And folks, this is especially true in our own congregation here. I recall the words of one of our former members when she told me that she would be leaving to go to another church. It was because she had some friends there that she could fellowship with. Think about that for a moment. How much better would it have been had we have been providing that loving friendship and fellowship that she needed? Matthew Henry goes on to say, The manner of performing this duty is this, this duty of hospitality. It must be done in an easy and kind manner and cheerfully, without grudging or grumbling, at the expense or at the trouble that it may cause you. Freely we have received, and freely we must give. Matthew Henry wrote these words several hundred years ago, perhaps 400 years ago, but they are just as appropriate today. Christians ought always to treat fellow Christians with loving kindness and affection. And again, please understand that this really is not an option. Not an option. It is a command from God. And we will be without excuse if we let ourselves fail. And these words also here in this text remind us that we are stewards. We are stewards of the spiritual gifts that are given to us. And we should work hard at being good stewards with our hospitality. And we are not to behave slovenly in our duties. God will surely hold us accountable on the day of judgment. One final thought concerning hospitality, and especially the hospitality that we are here commanded to show to our fellow believers. As I look around at each one of you, I must tell you that I not only love you, I like you. I really do. And I would personally enjoy spending more time with each one of you, getting to know each one of you better than I do. And along the way, I might find some way of being helpful to you. And you might find some way of being helpful to me. And that would also be true with each one of you towards each other. You might find yourself broken down in your car and wondering who you could call. Or you might just want someone to talk with for a few minutes. Folks, love. And loving kindness 
an affection and all of those kinds of goodness towards other people, they are good in themselves and they are enjoyable experiences. And we ought to do a lot more of it. Why not? Our scripture again and we'll close. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Let's pray.